Welcome to Honda Racing Strategy Chat. Two very special guests today, both Honda Factory HRC riders. I'd like to welcome Leon Haslam and Cal Crutchlow. So how's life with you, Cal? What, uh, what, you don't look like you're abroad. Uh, no, no, I'm, like I'm, good I'm, old I'm English back. brickwork. Yeah, I'm back in, back in Europe. I was in California for, uh, well, since Austin, for, since before when we were supposed to have Austin. So I've been there for four months, just over four months. Perfect. And have, but, you got, have you got your own place out there? Is that kind of where you Yeah, 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 yeah. We decided to go there because I was going to race in Austin and now we're not racing in Austin. So um, we, uh, yeah, we flew back. You're still on the Isle of Man as well. You're still using that as a base. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it works perfect for me. I love the place. And obviously, as I said, I have the place in, uh, in California when it's hammering down with rain or winter. But I mean, other than that, it works out great. So I love, I love the island. Love it when it's sunny. <laughs> hey, it's gorgeous. You know, so my, my family would love to live there. They would, but it's just, it's just at the wrong time. So you're still, you're still peddling flat out? Yeah, I'm just back three minutes before this thing started. <laughs> Did 100, uh, I don't know what I did, 110 today. Did 190 yesterday. What kilometers, kilometers, kilometers. Hour oh, off, flipping it. God, still a flipping it. And how long does that take you, like today? Uh, 110 today took me three hours, bang on three hours. That's good. And that, that's just out of personal choice. That's just your thing. It's just a love of yours. Yeah, I haven't ridden a motorcycle since I got off in the car. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> The guitar test, that was the last thing that I ever, ever sat on. And it'll be the last thing I sat on before I ride in Um, I've been pit biking, actually, the last few weeks. Um, I'm helping out a couple of young kids. Um, I've set up like a little bit of a Rossi sort of academy. And, you, got uh, gone. you got a team? Yeah, well, yeah, I've got John Laverty that's running it all. That's but uh, I'm kind of just doing the training and pit biking side of things. So, yeah, I've been getting out pit biking twice a week and trialsing at least once a week. So, yeah, a little bit of fun. So with your with your school and your little academy thing, what what age groups are you looking after? Um, I've got a young Lincolnshire lad near you actually, Ash Barnes. He's just turned thirteen, um, and then the oldest who I've got in stock six hundred is uh, twenty, just turned twenty. So uh, yeah, the good the good lads, you know, quite green and you know, bit of training, bit of fun for me. You know, obviously doing it with them. And like I say, we was in Wales and the amount of rain that we had. Uh, one of the young kids, uh, uh, Manus, actually. His dad used to race. You probably know his, his dad, Eugene McManus. Um, he, I think, he had fifty-five crashes in one day pit biking in the in the rain. <laughs> just teaching him how to literally every other corner. I don't think he made one lap without crashing. It was uh, it's quite entertaining. <laughs> oh, what what surface is that on? Uh, pit biking is like go kart tracks. So um, yeah, I've been going various places there. Got out on the motocross once or twice, but try and stuff those things lately you know i can't stop on them ones but yeah and a bit of pit biking a bit of trials that's about it what i uh, mean it makes me laugh because i remember years ago when uh, when i was teammates with with carl harris and mm -hmm. we was out motocrossing somewhere flipping neck i think it was uh doncaster way whatever it's called and uh i can't think of his name now he was tm rider factory tm rider and uh, you turned up on a flipping flipping old cr125 it was all covered in dust and smoked him it was like, <laughs> he couldn't believe it uh, brilliant. Uh, and he was straight out of KFC. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, when's your first time back on? You said you're going out this week. Uh, yeah, fly out on the 3rd. We've got, uh, we're doing Montmello test on the 8th and 9th. Um, we've also got a couple of days in Aragon. Um, and then obviously we race on the 1st of August. So, uh, yeah, at least we get 
you know, a few days on the bike. You know, obviously, we've been a new project. We're, um, we had a lot of things that we wanted to do and try after Australia. And, it, you know, it's just kind of all been halted for four months. So, kind of got to reboot, get back up to speed and uh, get on that train of testing all the stuff again. You know, you've only had, obviously, one real outing this year at Phillip Island in, in anger as such, you know, competitive. Um, you know, from the outside, you did, you did a good job anyway. Was it a real tough meet? Or I know it's a favourite track of yours, but was it a harder meeting than what you thought it was going to be? Honestly, I felt like I had the pace to actually challenge for wins and definitely podiums. Um, the weekend wasn't that bad. The first race, we just blistered the tyre. We were sat there with two laps to go in the fight for the podium and we dropped like a brick. The tyre the blistered up. But, um, you know, races two and three, we knew that we had a tyre issue for whatever reasons of how we was managing the power or the setup that we had. Um, and I was trying to be aggressive at the beginning and, and I went down in race two. And then I got took out in race three. So results-wise, I was absolutely devastated because, you know, the first time out, it would have been nice to jump on the podium. But um, the positive is is that I, I believe that it was that close. Um, you know, there's going to be other races that, you know, there's a lot of teething problems. It's a brand-new team. All the guys are new. The bike, obviously, is changing every single week. We did, um, you know, two months of testing. And from what we had until the end, it, you know, the bike completely changed. And the, the good thing is, I'm, you know, I've got HRC behind it. You know, the effort that's going in is unbelievable. And, uh, you know, to be a part of that's exciting. But typical racer, I want it all now. I want it to happen faster. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm feeling good about it. Uh, Cal, obviously, you know, you said you, you haven't flipping ridden hardly since last year. Is that something you like to do through the winter, kind of break away from everything? I know, obviously, it's been very different this year. But do you like to, do you like to kind of break away and spend a bit of time with the family and cycling and doing other things? Yeah, well, honestly speaking, from the time that I get off the bike in Hareth uh, Test, which will be the end of November, I don't touch the bike until Malaysia anyway, which is two, just over two months normally. And it normally works well for me. I get the excitement from racing. I get the excitement from going fast on a motorcycle, not from doing motocross or something that I'm not very good at. You know, So in the end, I like to, I like to go away and, and ride my bicycle, come back two months later and try and go as fast as possible, which always works well then. This time, obviously, I think it's a little bit too too long off. I think, you know, four and a half months or whatever it is, it's maybe a little bit too long, but we'll see when we get to Areth, won't we? Areth is a, a really difficult track when uh, when you're riding them bikes around the first time, even when race fit and at the end of the season, we, we all complain it's a go-kart track and, too, you know, our bikes are too fast for that circuit with, I don't know what they are now, you know, 300 horsepower or, or whatever they are. So... Uh, it'll be a shock to the system about that from going, uh, you know, 40, 40k an hour on the bicycle everywhere to doing uh, 300 or whatever it'll be. It's funny, you know, I spent a lot of time at Hareth on track day work, you know, teaching and various things. I've never actually raced the circuit, done thousands of miles, but, you know, even on a bulk standard 1000cc uh, bike, just a showroom bike, you know, it's quite a narrow place in all fairness. And the thought of riding even a factory world superbike, let alone a Grand Prix bike around, he thinks there's not a lot of room for mistake. No, he's... The strange thing is, as well, it doesn't really give fantastic racing. As in, there's no real battles with eight riders in, in a battle. It seems to spread out quite a lot. It's, it is quite difficult to pass because it's so small. If you make a mistake, you can't get it back. You know, it takes you five, six laps to regain what you've just lost in one outbreak in. So, yeah, it's a strange track. It is a strange track. I guarantee that place would be unreal on 600. Mm. You know, like a, a super sport bike or something like that. I, I, I never got the chance to ride around there on a super sport bike, but even doing the track days, as, as you said that you did... Anyway, Steve, from what I understood, 
the police are still looking for you from flying planes around near there. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, I didn't get, I didn't get lost. <laughs> if I have anything to do with it after this interview, and they say you know him, then you know when I go when I go and land in Hareth in a few weeks, and they call me over. Just first words my father taught me: not guilty. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's going to be, you know, it's going to be so different this year, you know, for both of you, with. With it being quite a short championship, back to back, you can't really afford to be jumping off injuries. However, you still got to push as hard as ever, you know. And in your case, Leon as well. Obviously, everything's new, and you're trying to develop at the same time. It's going to be a tough season. Yeah, from um, from my side, it, it's probably not ideal because we had quite a lot of things to try and test, and we had a lot of trips to Japan, which have all been cancelled. So. You know, World Superbike now, you get two 40-minute sessions and then you're pretty much into a race. So when you're trying to develop a new project with no testing um, and you're competing against, you know, Johnny on Cowie that's been there five years and, you know, everyone seems to be able to first lap on FP1, be on lap record pace. You know, it is something that is something you've got to overcome. But, um, you know, it is all part of it. You've got to be patient with it. And uh, like you say, it's, um, it's an exciting project. So hopefully, you know, we can do the best we can this year to look forward to, you know, put all that together for the following season. You know, last year, <coughs> well, you've obviously been teammates with, with Johnny before, 10 Carter days and stuff, you know, with Honda. Was it hard last year? Obviously, Johnny's got a... Uh, putting his championships together and, and he's on the pace, of course. Was it was it tough working alongside Johnny last year? Um, you know, Johnny was actually really good as a teammate. You know, there was no hidden stuff. You know, I got to see all his information. And, you know, for me, coming off a of BSB with no electronics and being at the championship for three years, it was, I went into, in there with the approach that, I've got the same bike as Johnny. The bike and team's more than capable of winning. I've just got to adapt myself. And uh, when I did have a three-day test, I got to be as quick as him. And the odd race like Australia and Aragon, we battled with him till the last corner. But then certain places, you know, I just wasn't getting up to speed fast enough, you know, trying to learn the track, change my natural way to make that bike work. And me being me, overriding it and jumping off it a few too many times as well. It, You know, it all kind <laughs> of spiraled to be a very, very tough year. But, you know, I think a second year on that bike that, you know, I'd have been very disappointed if I wasn't in the top three every single race because the package obviously worked. The only thing that was difficult after, you know, going there with him winning five world titles on the balance, they had a certain way of how you had to ride it and how you had to set the bike up. And I understood it, but understanding it and putting that into practice and then trying to change my natural way to his natural way is was my, I would say, my thing that I struggled with. And how different... How different is that? You know, you hear so many stories of that, especially at GP level as well. You know, somebody new coming to a team in the world champion is obviously winning on a particular bike. Uh, and some of the teams don't like to make changes. But how, what, what's the biggest difference between your style and his? It was dominantly on how, how you break. Um, you know, he very much gets the speed off it. The bike's got quite a lot high inertia. And the way that the electronics work, the engine braking works dynamically. So... You know, if you don't brake very hard initially and, and, and try and brake hard at the end, the actual system works against you, which pushes you into the corners and, and you struggle to stop. And one of my strong points through my whole career has been braking. And I literally could not pass one person all year on that Kawasaki because the chassis was really good for it. But the way I was braking, it was fighting against me. And, you know, if you notice how Top Rack got on with it so well in year two and how aggressive he braked initially, he adapted himself to make that system work. And 
I knew how to do it, um, but again, putting it into practice and it not being my natural way, my natural way actually made the bike fight against me rather than actually helping me as, as such. Cal, how does all that work out for you? You know, do you, do you kind of, or are you allowed to study Marquez's data and, or, or other riders and, and kind of look where you could be faster or do you just like to do your own thing? <laughs> when you have a guy as fast as Mark, <laughs> as your reference, because... Um, as you know, I've been the only guy that has been able to make the podium in many years with him on a Honda. On a Honda. Um, and you can ride the bike at certain circuits in a very similar way, but in other circuits, you know, it's so difficult to be able to do. To replicate what he does on a bike is ridiculous, you know. I don't think that they build the bike around him. I don't think they develop the bike around him at all as such. I just think that he makes the best out of the, out of the motorcycle. Um, and to go fast, you obviously try and go in that direction, but his setting is never working for other riders' settings. You know, you have to find your own way and do your own thing. But there's stuff that he can do that nobody else can replicate because, as you can see, when he saves these crashes, we all try and save them, and, you know, you see how many bikes are bent uh, from it. It's <laughs> the reality of the situation, and uh, and working, you know, in the same manufacturers. Uh, as the best rider in the world at the moment. So it's as simple as that. But you have to try and bring your strong points along with, you know, uh, together with his strong points, if you can copy them in, in one way or another. And vice versa, because, you know, this he has weaknesses in, in some areas and he will always try and copy me and Taka. So there's, it's so strange because there's five or six corners on the whole, whole calendar that we are always faster than him year in, year out, every session. And he will send the videographer there the whole weekend. <clears throat> and he will study the data, study the data. And by the race, he ends up faster than us. But then you go to the, you go there the year after again, and he's already slower than you again. But by the race, he's faster than you. It's incredible how he works. But um, yeah, but to have that as a reference is always great. You know, um, when you check the fastest guy in the world, it's difficult in one sense because you're compared to that. Um, but in, on another hand, people know the reality in our sport of, uh, you know, of trying to do what he does is very, very difficult. He certainly seems to be a freak of nature in a really nice, really nice way, of course. You know, I mean, he kind of, from the outside looking in, he kind of relates a little bit to, to how Casey was. You know, I think he was a little bit different and obviously style-wise and so on. And, you know, uh, I'm not saying they're at the same level at all. I don't even want to get into that argument, but, you know, it's... Uh, Certainly a different style to the majority of people around them. Yeah, I've always said the same. You know, freak, freaks on the motorcycle, them too. They could, you know, obviously we know Casey rode the Ducati when nobody else really could uh, to the same speed. He then jumped on a Honda that was notoriously hard to ride and won, um, you know, and, and did what he did there. And Mark is exactly the same. It's just we haven't seen Mark at another manufacturer. You know, he continued to win no matter where he was. We all know that. So... The way that they ride the bike is very similar as well. Um, the amount of rear brake they use and uh, into the corner, out of the corner. Yeah, they ride in a really, really similar way. Leon, it was, I saw on social media or somewhere, it was your dad's birthday this week or so. Have you had him out on them flipping pit bikes? I know you two are like flipping kids anyway, but have you had him buzzing around on them things and, uh, and teaching the youngsters? Yeah, he's been, he's been pit biking, he's been trials riding. He's done five track days. He did one at Cadwell and on a CB500. He's done five track days in the last two weeks. 
he's done more riding than me. He's, he's 64 <laughs> and he's absolutely nuts as ever. But uh, yeah, he's, he's, he gets up at like half past four in the morning. He's making a new exhaust for his CB500 and then he's dynoing it and takes it to a track day. It's, it's like, I, I just hope I've got his energy and his ambition when I get to 64. <laughs> what, what drives him? You know, what, what spurs him to keep messing around, keep playing, keep having fun? You'd think he'd be sat with his flipping feet up by now. Yeah, honestly, I don't know, mate. He's um, he's not on this planet though either, is he? You know, he doesn't know what day of the week it is, and <laughs> my mum still has to put his clothes out for him every day. Otherwise, he'd literally just walk around in the same clothes every day. But um, yeah, no, he loves it. You know, he's got a few little projects that he's been doing, and you know, it's been nice actually. Yeah, on the farm, we've been doing normal stuff together, as well as you know, playing and you know, on toys and whatever else. Is he still on the road with you? Does he come to all the World Superbike races? Yeah, he's um, he does a lot of that spotting and and obviously with the cameras as well. It's something that I've done for you know, fifteen twenty years, um, and uh, it's quite key with that. He like I like the filming because it's quite good when you're overlaying it to you know, if you're struggling in a certain area, but. Also, what he can see, you know, is um, all of his experience and it's good. You know, we bounce off each other really well and we've not really got a father and son relationship when it comes to that. It's, it's probably one of my biggest critics, but at the same time, it's all relative to, you know, to help make those steps and, and, and obviously help me try and improve, even if it's just a, a tenth of a second in one corner. Do you ever fall out? Does he ever come in the box and start, you know, if you if you if you got the ump because you're not on the pace or not performing or you're not happy with something, do you, do you, do you ever fall out and, and swing your hand uh, back to each other? We used to, uh, well, up to about 2021, 20, we used to argue so much, you know, but uh, I think it, I've grown up in the fact that he is there to help and his experience is, you know, invaluable from my point of view. And it does feel like he can't speak a lot of the times as, as in being a dad. But, um, you know, from my point of view and when the team gets to know him, he's the opposite of that, which, uh, you know, I have to actually push him to get involved a little bit more and try and help a little bit more. And, uh, yeah, obviously when I'm struggling and I spit my dummy out, but it's never, never normally at him. But uh, yeah, we have some nice conversations at night, on, obviously on where we can improve. Cal, now I can't see, I can't really see Dex sitting in a HRC debrief and, and giving much input into, into your MotoGP bike. Well, I, I was just about to offer Leon a deal to take Ron <laughs> <laughs> as, as the spotter. Um, no, to be honest, to be honest, my dad hasn't came to to the racing uh, really as uh, you know as a support role as such for for a few years now. Um, with the traveling MotoGP, you know how it is. Even me and uh, uh, you know the riders get have enough of it and get bored of it, and um, it's a it's a long way to go. You know, a lot of these races are a long way to go, and traveling around and. 19 20 grand prix and testing um but obviously he still loves it he still uh he comes when he can he came to japan a couple of years ago and he came uh, uh to some of the couple of the races last year so yeah he, he still loves it he's getting older but no no slower on the motorbike as as with ron he's also flying the plane same as ron but i think he's 10 years older than ron yeah it's uh you never know where he's going to be. He'll either be on a bike or on uh, in the plane. <laughs> yeah, I don't see him very often. I used to see a lot of him years ago. But of course, you know, if I go down to Bruntingthorpe doing a bit of testing or anything like that, he's up and down there jumping in his plane and bobbing around and just doing his own thing. What a great, what a great character! It must be tough though, you know, for him kind of obviously getting on a bit and not being able to follow you around. Yeah, I think so. You know, but. Um... I think over the years, he came with me through the British Championship. He came, you know, in the World Super Sport. 
in the superbike and at the start, he had many, many years around. There's no doubt about that. And there'd become a point where I wouldn't want to be traveling around either, no matter what. So, uh, I fully understand. My, my dad does hate the traveling. He absolutely hates flying and traveling and all that. If you could transport him there and back, he'd do everything. But uh, and, and then traveling. <laughs> is that is that Ron's is that Ron's idea? You just said he's upgraded to a four seater plane. Is he planning on flipping flying out to a few more over in Europe? Yeah, he's done, he's done France and Aston in our little two-seater, but um, it takes ages. But yeah, the four-seater is quite a bit faster, so uh, at least we can get some luggage in now. <laughs> you need a flipping strong bladder in a, in a little yeah. two-seater to fly all the way to Aston. <laughs> is he, uh, hopefully he's lengthened them uh, trees, like lengthen the... Uh... The the running and the takeoff area. That's that's the uh, been the lockdown. We've uh, we've extended through the fields, filled all the ditches in, just so we can land a bit easier. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what about it, Cal? I, I could give you some lessons. You fancy you Not. fancy some flipping pilots lessons and? No, I can't. I have no interest at all. What it is about racers and helicopters or or flying planes? I have no interest, zero. And I do not like helicopters. That's sure. Don't, how about this? All the time I've been racing, all the years I've been traveling, the only time I've ever been in a helicopter was when I got airlifted at Phillip Island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I guess he's probably asleep then as well. Yeah. Well, I was asking for more. You know, it's like more, more special K, more special K. How did how did you ever get into racing, Cal? Obviously, you know, you said you weren't really, you, you said yourself you're not that good at motocross and stuff, not like, Obviously, Leon was a good schoolboy racer and stuff, but how did you get into the road racing side? Was it purely through your dad's involvement, you know, racing motorbikes? Well, yeah, I used to play football before and I crossed over. I did both at the same time, which was a nightmare um, because I was showing up at football with a broken wrist from racing and I was showing up at racing with dislocated knees from football. And I just decided that I wanted to race. I, I enjoyed it more. I had more passion for doing that. And luckily enough, I was good enough to get some sponsors and um, I rode for, you know, in the Aprilia Super Teens and then just sort of built my way up. But I was actually not that good. But I had the determination to continue to be, to progress, you know, because there's many years that we can all say we could have thrown in the towel, uh, especially at the start. So, yeah, I built my way up and, and did it quite slowly until I got to a uh, British Super Sport and then I just bounced all them championships as, as fast as I could to get to, to MotoGP. So... I was very lucky that, um, you know, obviously my dad raced uh, when, I think you were racing at the same sort of time. That's so why, the, way. Why, the football, you know, how good were you football-wise? Uh, well, I was playing at the time for, uh, on the, like, uh, the youth academy at Coventry City. Um, so I was playing there for quite a number of, of years, tried different clubs, and then I just started to get injured with my knees and, um, I enjoyed to race motorbikes more, so I chose that, and that was it. Is that why uh, you're such a keen cyclist now? You weren't your knees standing running? Yeah, well, I ran for some years. I did run for some years, and then they just started to get more and more worn, and I found it more difficult to be able to run than cycle, so I just cycle now. Hey, Leon, you, you was talking before we came on about obviously cycling and talking about, I don't know what it was you was on about. He's talking little coats and different things, but you're on a bit of a training thing at the moment you're trying to catch Cal up and out cycling no I've, I've never really got the cycling bug I used to do a bit back in the day with Cal actually and he kind of got me into it with the mountain biking and whatever else and I've played at it um basically over 
the last few years. Um, yeah, and with this thing coming around, it's just kind of gave me a little bit of focus. And yeah, I think this winter gone is the first time ever I've not had an operation on some part of my body. And now I've had four months at home to actually eat and train. I say I feel the best I've felt for a long time. So uh, we'll see if it benefits me on the bike. You know what? There's something I don't miss in the slightest, of course, you know, hospitals and hurting yourself. And not just that, like everybody, everybody in all the paddocks are the same, trying to get back far too soon and too early and flipping riding injured. But just out the lads in January in Wales on the enduro bikes and flipping a freak accident, broke my neck again. Man, it's mad. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Anything can go wrong, it really can. What, uh, you know, you've come through a lot of eras, Leon. You know, you're still relatively young and you've raced kind of everything, really, from one, two, five Grand Prix, two bitches, five hundreds on the V-Twin, of course, Superbike, pretty much everything, really. What about MotoGP? Yeah, I've, I've never got on the four-stroke MotoGP bikes. Obviously, I raced the 500 V-Twin and the V4, but, yeah, obviously, it's, you know, it's all about opportunities and um, it's not something that, obviously, I'm going to go back to now at, you know, just turned 37 years old, but... You know, I feel that I'm privileged to have rode the last ever two-stroke 500 and I've rode, you know, I've podium on six different manufacturers in World Superbike, which I think I'm the only person to do that. But, you know, from my point of view, this Honda opportunity is the chance now to see if I can actually get a, a top step of the podium in a championship rather than, you know, finishing runner-up. Cal, you know, are you, everybody's kind of in awe of what you ride and, and obviously and what you do, you know, on, on uh, some pretty special machinery. Have you ever got a chance to, to ride any of the old 500 two-stroke stuff, some, some special machines through Honda or anybody else? I got the opportunity to ride at, um, at Mategi with Eddie Lawson's bike last year. Pretty special. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, something incredible to be able to, uh, to say that I've done. But the way that they used to ride, honestly... <laughs> you know, the, the, the things... I've rode some old bikes in the past... And, would do it but them things they're like light switches like <laughs> no you know no quick shifters on them nothing and i'm sat there thinking how did they used to push so hard with the with these things the strange thing is with the gp bike which is exactly the same as now the harder you push the better the bike feels you know when you're riding it cruising around you're thinking really difficult to ride then you start to push and actually gets a little bit better but I didn't want to push because it was a demonstration, but uh, it was good fun. Can, can you imagine me, Cal, at 18, coming off a 125 straight onto a 500 v oh. No, mate. With no airbags in your leathers either. Yeah. No airbags. Definitely tested a lot of leathers out that year. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm really lucky. I flip in. Uh, I, n- I never raced two strokes, really. I, r- I raced a. Uh, 500 v to at Macau, that was it. That was kind of the end of real race. But I've been really lucky since to ride an awful lot of ex-factory uh, two-stroke 500s, you know, Kenny Roberts bikes and uh, Kevin Swanson's, Barry Sheen's, all original stuff, fabulous. So good. Uh, some great places like like Spa, you know, fabulous. Yeah, I bet, I bet. I bet that's a great circuit to race. I raced the World Endurance for years. World Endurance. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but just as I kind of got started riding for the factory teams, it came off the calendar about 99 time, 2000. Yeah. So yeah. I've never actually ridden it. You speak to all the old guys, uh, not, you know, like his lots at the time and Rhymers and Brian Morris and people like that. They said Spa was by far the best circuit in the world, in their opinion. But And uh, I've been lucky enough to go back to the Spa Classic uh, and, and to ride the circuit, obviously on the 500s, but also on the Saturday night for that meeting. They opened the fence up and put you out on the old road circuit that Barry Sheen still holds the fastest ever average lap speed for. Although oh. that's incredible. Oh. So, what, so what about um, Superbikes, Carl? 
you, when you finally finish running around the world on Grand Prix bikes, do you fancy stepping back down to Superbike? I've raced in Grand Prix. I've done 10 years, which is more than anything else that I've, I've ever done. Riding a production bike, I think, is completely different. And there's still opportunities to race in MotoGP and there's still opportunities to be at the pinnacle of the sport, which is being on the podium in a Moto Grand Prix race. So um, I think I've done it for too long to go back. After the first year in Tech 3, if you would have asked me to go back, I would have gone for free. Uh, really? Because it was diff- it was really difficult year um, and really difficult to get your head around riding a MotoGP bike. But um, I was going to be one of the questions. How, how different a jump was it? You know, tyres, brakes, flipping. Uh, you know, it, a lot, a lot, a lot different. I know at the moment, you see that the lap times are really, really similar, but Superbike has made a massive step. And I think the tyres are better in Superbike for a, a lap time, you know, where we seem to be able to go that fast in qualifying and stay that same speed in the race till the last lap of the race, you know. We don't really seem to drop like like they drop. But, I mean, um, it's different. It's, it just seems a lot, lot different now to... Uh, to when I used to race in, in Superbike to, to now as well. That's 10 years ago. So, um, and I haven't run a Superbike since. Do you get any pressure at all from the team or from HRC to compete the eight hour? I've been asked to do the eight hour, yes. Um, but it just, it just never lines up. You know, yeah. a couple of years ago, I, I was supposed to do it or that they requested that I did it. But when you have 20 Grand Prix a year, it's not like a Superbike calendar. You know, and then we have to go and test three times. And, you know, it's just, it's our summer break as such where we have a few weeks off um, and it's just not lined up. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's just not, not, not came around. And I saw a thing the other day that apparently I've had an argument with Honda about doing the eight hour this year, but that's not the, uh, <laughs> that's not the case at all. I don't. I don't intend to do the eight hour. They don't intend for me to do the eight hour because, you know, we're racing all year now. Um, and it's a different, you know, it's a different thing. They've got their riders and I'm sure Leon and Alvaro will do very, very well if they do it. Leon, what about uh, 2020? What about the eight hour? I'm just chatting to Callum about, obviously, you know, Honda requesting him, yes or no and so on. But, you know, is that is that part of your contract with HRC? Yeah, it's a part of my contract. It's something I really enjoy, actually, especially after winning last year. And the last time Honda won, it was with me in 13 and 14. So, uh, yeah, honestly, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, well, we'll see if it happens. You know, it's scheduled for the 1st of uh, November. Well, Leon, you know what? I guess uh, a two-man team, you and your teammate. Yeah, uh, at the minute, the, the Japanese riders signed up. I know Alvaro's going to test. And I did hear Cal might come, but he's just confirmed that he's not. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. With Honda, there's always several teams and uh, you never know who you're going to get put, paired up with. So, you know, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll have a good team. But, you know, Tech and me, the Japanese riders, um, you know, really fast around there. So, you know, I'd be confident if, we, if it was just me and him. How tough is it? You know, jumping from, obviously, Pirelli to whatever your tyres are using, you know, I guess Bridgestone or Michelin, you know, whatever brand that is, jumping back with a different spec bike, different electronics as well as, you know, is it, is it hard? Yeah, the, the, the bikes... It is the hard one because it's always a compromise. You know, the last few years, being teammates with Johnny, I had to pretty much run his handlebar, his seat position, everything that goes along with what he has. And, you know, the Pirelli to Bridgestone jump is always difficult. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's the same for everyone. It's just something that you have to adapt to. And, uh, you know, it is, a, it is a fantastic event. You know, the first year Cal did it, you know, it is hard. It's, it's a challenge and, and that's kind of what you take it for. Cal, obviously, you know, you're talking about obviously 20 meetings a year, you know, being away so much. 
how's all that kind of pan out now for you being a obviously married family man a father you know it must be quite tough yeah but you know don't forget Stephen. lucky enough that i can take them with me willow's still not at school she's not at the age of going to school she'll be going to school next year now they're not allowed to come with me this year because of the coronavirus situation but yeah. i mean I've had a good couple of years where they've, they've been able to come. So this year, and they will be able to come next year at the start, I would suppose, before she, she starts to go to school. But of course, you know, when you have uh, uh, when you have a family, things change a little bit. The good thing for me is when I had the family, I started to go faster. You're going to have a couple more then? No. <laughs> right, well, thanks, guys. I think, I, think, uh, I think that'll do nicely. We'll let Leon get on with his goal. Good to chat. Yeah, just I'm absolutely ruined my oh, ground now. Yeah, I'm already ah, ah, he has got, to okay. Stop. He needs to get on. <laughs> hey, good to catch up, Cal, as well. I haven't spoke to you in ages. Yeah, good. Leon, Leon, if you lose this game of golf, don't blame us. 100%. <laughs> I want to send the bill in. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, boys. Hey, good luck, guys, with everything. Like See you. Spot on.